This episode is brought to you by Tony Robbins and his legendary quote, If you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats. Welcome to the Stefan Dyer Podcast, my people. People, ¿Cómo están, damas y caballeros? Welcome to the Stefan Dyer Podcast, where I welcome people with remarkable stories for amazingly vulnerable conversations. This episode with Francisco Ramos was arrechísimo tema. Francisco Ramos is a Venezuelan-American stand-up comedian who was part of the first ever Netflix is a joke comedy festival held in Los Angeles, United States of America. Francisco is one of my favorite comedians. He tours all across the states and regularly performs at the world famous comedy store in Los Angeles, aka the world's largest and best comedy gym. And in my opinion, the best place on earth to do stand up. I actually went to the festival, I went to Los Angeles. In April or May of this year, of 2022, and I actually got to to go to the comedy store <clears throat> and see a show with my brother Kurt, and it was just life changing. It was insane. It was incredible. All the people you see on Netflix perform at the comedy store. That's how good Francisco is. A couple of things about Francisco, so you can get even more excited about this episode. He can be seen currently on the Netflix hit show, Gentified or Hentified. He directed, co-wrote, and starred in his debut comedy short, Zoo Animals, which was acquired by HBO Max to stream on their platform. He also shot a stand-up special, Entre Nos, for HBO, and was a top 10 finalist on The Last Comic Standing. He's also appeared on, the sh on Showtime's Shameless and voicing the role of Marmoset in the animated film Rio. That's pretty big. And part of the Cartoon Network show, Victor and Valentino. Francisco was chosen to be a part of Lauren Michaels' Mas Mejor, which has become a premium comedy content studio powered by Latino voices. Building on that foundation, he directed and co-wrote Zoo Animals, which was licensed by HBO and can be seen currently on HBO Max. Zoo Animals was also accepted to over a dozen festivals, including Just for Laughs, where I actually met Francisco in the summer of 2018 because he was one of the new faces, which is probably one of the biggest accolades and honors you can get as a stand-up comedian being on new faces of of uh, Just for Laughs. And he was on, I have, uh, on the ethnic show of Just for Laughs. I mean, he's this guy is incredible. Last but not least... Earlier in his career, Francisco was selected to perform in the CBS Multicultural Diversity Showcase, where he was one of 12 selected from a pool of 5,000 applicants, having won first place in the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival sponsored by NBC Cozy TV. American Latino produced a documentary on Francisco about his rise as a comic for Latino Out Loud, LOL. My friends, this guy is incredible. He's humble. He is self-aware, and this episode is just an incredible display of what you need to be successful in whatever you choose to be successful. I enjoyed it so much. Please enjoy 
in three, two, one. Bienvenidos, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Stefan Dyer podcast. Welcome to the unbreakable, the unmistakable, the highly capable Francisco Ramos. How are you, my friend? Nice. I like that intro. I like your side. Back to box. Record one and zero, you know. Just, but I'm, I'm ready to go. Nice. I'm good, yeah. man. Good. Very, very happy to be here. How are you? Very good, man. We're at different ends of the spectrum in terms of weather. You are 60 degrees Celsius. I don't know what Fahrenheit that is in LA. And I'm in negative uh, 16 degrees Celsius in Toronto, East yeah. Coast and West Coast. But there's a lot of things that, that unite us, not just comedy, not just stand-up, but also Latin America. You're one of my favorite comedians, so I'm super happy that you accepted the invitation and I want to dig in a little bit about your upbringing. How did you end up on stage doing stand-up? Your your new ventures as as director and writer, and then to finish off as always the rapid fire section of the podcast. So thank you again for for being here, man. No, thanks for having me. Excited. So I read a little bit about you, and I know that you were born in Venezuela, yeah, Caracas. But you've been in the U.S. for a big part of your life. Before we we started recording, you told me that you lived in Washington, D.C., where actually my sisters are at. And I imagine that because Venezuela, Washington, D.C., L.A., I suspect there are some other cities there. How and why did you go and live uh, to the States coming from Venezuela? Well, I was adopted by an American family. <laughs> I no uh well the reason is yeah I was born in Venezuela and I I I was there until I was 12 uh the reason that we moved to DC was because my mom she got a job at the Pan American Health Organization which is wow. part of the World Health Organization it's like a international you know uh, organization job which is that's what people mostly a lot of like Latin American immigrants go work there you know because world yeah. bank you know imf all the stuff my so sister's at the world bank and my uncle is at the world bank that's why they all ended up in dc they all end up there and the and this and the thing is like it's kind of like um like once you're there then you just stay there because the certain like the the benefits especially when you have a family is so good because you don't pay taxes a lot of people don't pay taxes because it's they're international you know they're like diplomats it's like a cult you can never yeah leave. it is so good. You, once you're in you're in you don't you don't get out you know because it's so like and that was the thing we went there because we're supposed to be a two-year contract but it gets you know it got it kept getting renew renew and then you're in this and now you're 2000 no that was in 94 Okay. 94 that's when we first moved and that's when we got there it was just me my my sister my dad and my mom and uh and we moved there to we lived in maryland because in dc as you know it's like dmv area virginia. which is DC, maryland and virginia we chose maryland uh like the out suburbs of of dc maryland and then um and then yeah i grew up there went to middle school high school college uh and you know so I was, that was like my pretty much my my teenage life you know that's you were that's... you were ahead of the game because my wife is venezuelan and the majority the millions and uh, millions yeah. that continue well oh, the yeah, first no, that... wave 
started around well, that was yeah yeah before i mean we moved there not because it was just because my parents saw it as an opportunity for us to learn english and all this stuff it wasn't because they were we were doing bad in venezuela venezuela yeah. was doing bad it was just i mean there were people i mean we used to go back all the time to visit it wasn't like a like what it is now where everybody's just yeah. You know, left yeah so yeah and and also it, it was one of the like 94 was a great time in venezuela yeah that yeah that that, that i mean that I mean, it was, yeah, it was like, uh, especially in the U.S. too, you know, I think the economy was going, it started to get really good. It was just like a good, uh, I mean, even, uh, yeah, I think with the 94 was just, the only things that I remember that were just the whole, like, the O.J. Simpson thing. And the World Cup. And the and World Tupac. Cup. Which was, <laughs> and, and Tupac, yes, which I grew up while listening to Tupac because I wanted too. to be uh you know, because I was like, my friends were like listening to, and I was like, "Well, I gotta be cool," you know. So I, I, I did listen to Tupac and uh, and Biggie and Bone Thugs and Harmony and all that stuff. So like, all nineties. <laughs> well, me, me too. I thought I was the only one. There you go. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I, I, I bought the double cassette tape. I was back in the day. Cassettes is a double cassette of all yeah. that. Me. I used to be listening to that. You all eyes on me. Okay, so, so basically, my, my. My first question that I was really curious about looking at, at your your career, because in many ways, I, I see a lot of similarities between your career and my, and mine and, and life-wise, too, because when I was 10, like I moved around a lot as well. When I was 10, I moved from, first of all, my parents are Peruvian. Oh, okay. And then when I was, but I was born in Costa Rica. When I was 10, mm. I moved to El Salvador. Then we moved to Mexico then to Montreal, then Toronto, all, all because of my dad's job. My, oh, okay. my, dad, my dad is a drug lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. My dad is a, a fugitive. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so then I actually came to Toronto, to Montreal and Toronto when I was 15. Oh, okay. I've, I've been here ever since. So very similar where yeah. half of my life is in Latin America. And, and I, it's a big part of me because I, I speak Spanish with my family all the time. Exactly. The other half, or or more than half, now than is half. is North America. Mm -hmm. So I I'm not gringo enough for the gringos, but I'm exactly. not Latino enough for the Latinos. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, we're and, like a different breed of like of that in between where you're not one or the other, so you don't feel like you don't belong to one or the other. So yeah. you're because that's always been my thing too. And I actually finally kind of like had like an epiphany or something or, or kind of like an accept, uh, acceptance of myself earlier this year. Actually, it's just yeah, all this time, you know, because I went to do some shows in um, in, in Miami in Spanish. In, in, in Miami, as you know, there's a lot of Venezuelan and the shows were yeah. for like a Venezuelan uh, stand up, you know. So I just, it was just like a set that I just wanted to work on Spanish. I usually do English mostly, you know, but I but uh and i did it and and it was it, it was like a whole like i felt like an alien yeah. and they were looking at me like an alien to, like lock because i was like you know i have like a venezuelan accent but it's not fully venezuelan and then the stuff that i'm talking about it's not the stuff that they are talking about because it's like i think it's also like venezuela like after chavez it's like a, it's kind of like it's like b like ad and bc you know it's kind of like <laughs> It's kind of like, it's another, like, so they is a different, I didn't grow up with that. I have no yeah. idea. 
the experience of living in that. So like doing so it so I realized so after I did those shows and then I finally went, I'm like, why am I trying? I mean, and I know, I mean, the only reason I'm trying is to connect is because of my family and my parents, and I want to be like, but then I also realized, but I'm I've been here more than in Venezuela, more most yeah. of my life. I'm Amer- I'm more American than Venezuelan. So it's like, let me just do whatever I want. If I want to perform in English or I want to do in Spanglish or I want to just, I don't need to, if I don't need to cater to like this Venezuelan audience that is living in Venezuela because, and it's not because I don't want to, it's like, hey, like, let me do what I would like to do. And if you like it, great. And I'll talk in Spanish 100%. and I'll talk in English and all this stuff. But I'm not going to try to do jokes that about Venezuela that I don't even know about and that I'm not even going to like yeah, have an experience of it because it just doesn't make sense. I'm not going to, you know, so it's like, but I was trying in a way to, to do that all my life. And then I'm like, no, like, I'll just, that's why for me now, I'm like, go like, Look, uh, I want people, and I want Venezuelan uh, people to know me, but to know me for who I am, not 100%. because I'm trying to do stuff that they that that is gonna like that they're gonna that that they're gonna like. And I'm like, no, there's other already Venezuelan comics that do that because they grew up in Venezuela all their 100%. life, and they and that's fine. But that's not who I am, you know. Totally. When I when I in 2017, I I quit my bank job to to do stand up. And another it, similarity that we have together because I did finance, I majored in finance. So. Me too. There you go. Yeah. So, so I was immediately uh, uh, because I quit, and then we we went to with my business partner Juan. What we do, we we went to Miami, Costa Rica, and Colombia to do shows, and and it was like so evident when I was there that I was not part of the guys. Yeah, but exactly. I wanted to be part of the guys. Like I, I want their respect exactly. because it's kind of like I left and I, and and I want like that's still my home in many ways because yeah. that's yeah, where yeah. I was born. So I kind of want the the respect and admiration of of them, but I'm not one of them. Exactly. And my stand up is definitely not local. Mm-hmm. Not even my accent is Costa Rican mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so here I am trying to fit in <laughs> and it's like just very, and then a couple months later, I got a message to, to go to New Jersey where the biggest Costa Rican uh, population is outside of Costa Rica. And for, for some reason the deal fell through or I just didn't go, but I was like, bro, I am so happy because I'm not the guy they were expecting. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's, and it's okay. You know, now, it's funny. Yeah. now I have other tools in my arsenal where I can entertain that audience. I still yeah. know it's not my go-to audience, but I'm so happy that I didn't go die. In that yeah. Show. Yeah. And it's also like, it's also too, like, it's also like what to like, it's your expectations of, of like, as long as they know you, and they know yeah. it's then it's like, all right, you're you're coming to see me or you're coming to know what I'm going to do. So then you don't expect something else, because I feel like that's what I've told a lot of people, too. Since when they try to book me in Spanish, I go like, hey, like, look, just make sure I, I, I'm not like because sometimes they think it's like, oh, I'm going to hire you because you're Venezuelan. And then I, we have a, a lot of Venezuelan community here. So they're going to come because you're Venezuelan. And I'm like, 
Yeah, no, but they're expecting something else. It's like, yeah, it's like they're expect. It's like if they're going to a music concert, and they're they're expecting merengue, and I'm bringing Bad Bunny, <laughs> you know. And they're like, no, we don't want Bad Bunny. And I'm like, sorry, I'm Bad Bunny. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. But, but you know what I mean? Is is that thing? So it's like, and I tried it too because now that I I actually did uh, uh, in the summer, uh, then in Miami, and then also but in in the Dominican Republic, I did a Spanglish shows. Yeah. So, oh well, yeah, I, I saw you. Yeah. So yeah. So then that was that worked out really well because people, first of all, people knew me, like in 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 Miami. The people came to me. They knew who I was, so it was like they already kind of know what I do. Yeah. So it was and they were like a lot of Venezuelans, but they spoke English, so they could understand like the back and forth and and the yeah and, and the and the and the bits. And then in in Dominican Republic, same thing. A lot of Dominicans that spoke English. And I did a lot of Spanish, a lot of crowd work, but I did a lot of the bits in English. So it worked out really well. So I think it's like, that's the thing. I think it's like, as long as people know what they're expecting, then it's, then I'm fine with it. But if you don't sell them, but that's the thing, what I tell you, it's like, Hey, you cannot just bring people that, especially people that just want to hear stuff that, I mean, like, especially older people that, that, that are immigrants that just, they just want to listen to the stuff. They, I mean, they didn't leave because they didn't want to. They just want to go back to like the good times, for example, in Venezuela. So they want to listen to the music. They want to listen to the, and that's fine, but I'm not going to do that. So don't <laughs> hire me to and expect to do that because it ain't going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. The other thing I find is important, at least for me, the, the more that I do this, the more I know what my audience is. Exactly. Like if I, like my I'm an immigrant. I'm a nomad. And so nothing is just a strength or a weakness. Like our case of outsiders is also an asset because we Mm -hmm. have this different point of view where like you are, but you're not, you know? Mm -hmm. So that allows you to point out a lot of things on on stage and not a lot of people get. So I, I always try to say that one liner where like uh, I lived in all these countries all because of my dad's job. My dad's a drug lord. And I, and then okay, ha ha ha. And then I okay that now they know like oh this guy's moved around a lot. Yeah. And then I I say I left Costa Rica when I was ten, so now they're like oh okay this guy's not from here, and it also helps me that knowing that they know that I'm not trying to pretend to be one of them mm-hmm. in many ways. So exactly. when I see like a full white audience, I'm like oh it's gonna be like. Yeah, but when I see like uh like all colors, all all backgrounds, all I'm like, yeah, yeah this is my. But to me, it's like I I feel even like any kind of audience, even like when it's like a full audience, I know like I know I guess because I've been here, I know how to approach that, you yeah. know, how to take that on because I'm like it's just about like introducing yourself like you did, like you're saying, uh-huh. like, from, you know, and then they get they just get it and just to get it out quickly, you know. I used to do them a lot, you know, and I sometimes do it independent on the shows. But now that I've done it for that, I've been doing comedy for so long. Now I just trust myself that I'm funny enough to start with something. And then I can add the whole yeah. thing and I can throw in the Venezuelan stuff later, you know, or whatever. Or like if I want to talk about it, but it's more about like, hey, I um, I just, you know, I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about. There, there are cases, you know, totally. I'm doing like a longer, like a longer improv, I mean, long, longer stand up set or, or, uh, or a type of crowd that I'm like, all right, I have to throw in this right in the beginning so they know who I am so they can get it, what yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about. 
but uh but i was gonna say too like i feel it's like being like you said immigrant and all that and then knowing it is an asset too because it's not just like for example like you're saying about an audience my audience is not strictly venezuelan it's all over yeah you know people from all over which i like because that's who i was friends with that's who i want to do comedy for i want to i want people from every background to kind of connect with me in in through my my experiences in my life not just venezuelan because again yeah. it's not i didn't grow up all this time in venezuela so it's not like a lot of things that i like that i can connect with venezuela because i wasn't even there you know what i mean yeah so I try to connect more with the like you said the outsider they kind of like seen from a different angle the the that immigrant kind of like um you know um life experiences that we go through and like just and and that and then just everyday normal person too where you go like oh yeah this is just a normal dude you know or like oh yeah. just you know like anybody can connect with you know that's kind of like what i always like to do yeah i i agree now listening to you i i i do the same now that i realize what i say that one-liner when i want to establish with costa ricans especially or like mm -hmm. Exactly. Or whatever. But now I'm like, man, I've been saying that one liner since like 2016. I don't want to say it anymore. Some people already know it. So I don't want to say it. I just go. Straight yeah, and sometimes I feel like and I think it's like sometimes you can just find ways. That's what I try to do now where I'm like, it's just what it becomes organically. Like when uh, I like now I do bits where I'm like, you know, almost like in the middle of the set or whatever. Like I just be like, I, I mentioned something about maybe like a. Uh, traveling or whatever or being like an immigrant and then i go like oh by the way i was born in venezuela you know and then i mentioned then i go into that you know but like it's not right away where i'm going like hi guys i'm from venezuela yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> yeah because and again i did i used to do that when i was started doing stand-up because i was a way for people you know know who the hell i was right away and then they could not especially with the accent and be like where is he talking like that word because that's the other thing what i tell people like if i didn't have like a like an accent i would just have like a complete american accent i mean i wouldn't even have to you know uh, i mean i would mention it but it wouldn't be like i wouldn't have you have to mention it at all if i wanted to you know uh but i it also i feel like the more you do stand up the more you trust yourself with Absolutely. your and then and then you go like yeah i don't need i'm i'm you're funny enough doing whatever you want i mean Absolutely. it's to talk about it's more about like let me talk about what I want to do. And then, yeah, there's ways that you got to connect with people. And then there's got a ways that there's tricks that you go like, well, it is an older crowd, older white crowd in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, <laughs> I am going to say that, that I was born in Venezuela right in the beginning so they can at least know, you know, or have an idea yeah. of, like, oh, okay, got it, you know. But, but, but most of the times it's like, and the key is like also, the more you get a fan base, the more that you don't obviously that, that's 100%. the beauty of it, but you don't have to like you don't have to say that anymore you can just be like all right yeah it's like we we know you know so <laughs> yeah let's go back let's go back a little bit to, to the beginning because we both had that decision i'm calling it like the, the lebron james decision <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of quitting but uh, of quitting our full-time like corporate jobs to to pursue this yeah. art form where but the, where i'm very interested in especially for for our listeners is growing up in latin america or having latino parents in venezuela in peru a lot of the times lawyer doctor engineer 
is is what's expected. And it's not like, a, oh, you have to do this or else I don't love you. It's more of a, I think, parents coming from, I don't know, the being born in the 40s, 50s. They, it's more of a, I, I want you ha- to have a solid plan mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I don't want you to, to, to eat shit. Like, exactly. And I want you, stability was very appreciated coming from the second world war, yeah. the cold war and all, and, and like the, all these uncertainty. So my, my parents, uh, paid for my education. I went to u- the university, university here in Toronto. I studied finance and and then I went on to work at Scotiabank here in, in Canada for seven years. But to me, it was like super nerve-wracking to quit because I felt like I was um being not grateful to my dad and my family for all the money that they not just for in university, but the money that they <laughs> that they spent to send me here because I I came here by myself they, yeah. they were still back home and oh. it it was uh it, it was tough for me but but I did it now it's been 6 years um I have like I'm happy that I made that decision uh would I do it again I mean now that I see where it's led me of course but it, there were some hard times what was that conversation like with you was it uh tough was there unanimous support? Did you know there was going to be support or were they not even involved in this moment? Cause you were already a, a grown up. I, I was 29 mm, at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, yeah, you had a lot, a lot of similarities what you were talking about. I, and I, I actually working on the, in a new bit about like, yeah, I think Latin parents, they, they, they make you feel guilty all the time so that you can, they can do, so you can do shit for them. You know what I mean? It's always like, <laughs> Like, it was like, my mom's always like, you know, you see how I'm taking care of your grandma? Cause you gotta take care of me. I was like, I'm like <laughs> five. It's like, just like why, why are you telling me this now? And I was like, I remember her like, you know, forcing that into me and switches. Yeah. Like, like, it's not like that's, that's where I go. Like talking about living in the U S and comparing, you know, all this other stuff. That's where I go. Like, yeah, you, that's where you need a little more of like the American white parents kind of thing. It's like, Give, give us a little more like uh like confidence and be like yeah no you can do whatever you want like it's not just like you gotta do this or like you know <laughs> and the thing, they don't tell you but that you you could feel it like you yeah, said you, you can feel you, it. you feel guilty because it's like i pay for it. it's like yeah but it's like I'm sh- i should be able to do what i want to do that's most <laughs> that's the most important thing no what you want to do you know <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean for me it was very similar you know like growing up like you know, obviously, when I was in Venezuela, I was little. It was never. I mean, I could just see that my parents had like, my parent had his own. My dad has his own. Had you know his own company. He used to uh, distribute like uh, uh, medical labor, you know, uh, products to laboratories, and he had his own thing. And then my mom used to work uh, in Oral B as a marketing manager. You know all this. So it was very all about those corporate jobs growing up, yeah. and, and that was kind of like you say that was like. Because for them, that was their, in their generation, that was their dream. Just because most most of their parents didn't go to college or didn't finish college or they or didn't have, the dream for them was to be, uh, like you said, an engineer or a finance. Yeah, working you know. for 40 years in the same 40, company was exactly, success. Exactly. You get your pension, it's stable, and you do, you know. But for us, I was like, I mean, I remember, and then, yeah, and then, but that, uh, so I never 
knew that there were other venues mm -hmm. to do. You know, I never even realized there were other opportunities to growing up all my life. I never thought I was like, oh, I was like, and if I would have stayed in Venezuela, maybe I would never thought of. Maybe I could have, you know, but being in the U.S. and when I started, like, well, my main thing was when I I majored in finance last semester I had I had a class I was going to take that I thought what I wanted to focus on it was called security valuations you know something yeah, like that yeah yeah I worked in and investments remember, yeah yeah and I remember I took it and wow like it was just complete like I was like I hate this like what is <laughs> like I remember I this is in DC in Maryland I, I went to the University of Maryland yeah okay okay so that's last semester and I was like it was so disappointed because I was like how the hell, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life, and I just hate it. And and that's what gave, like, the beginning of, like, hmm, I got to find something, and that's why I started working right away in an investment firm, you know, and you tell yourself that is what I'm supposed to do, but I kept going back to them, like, this is not happy, I'm not happy, and then I finally started going, like, I had, like, a, I would say, like, a quarter-life crisis where I would just go to Barnes & Nobles and read self-help books to find out what I wanted to do. Because I would see my friends going, like, they were happy with, with their own, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do masters. I'm going to do this. You know, they had, yeah. like, kind of like their whole life was written for them, and they were fine with it. And for me, it was like, ew. Like, to me, it was like, that's not the point of, of life. I, I think I want to, I like more of adventure. I don't know what yeah, I want. Certainty. Uncertainty yeah. and doing what I wanted to do—that's my thing. Because I was like, it would have been great if I loved finance, but I, I didn't like it, you know. And yeah. like, and then it all led to comedy, and then all I started reading those help books, and then so when I did tell, um, so I started taking like well, class. How, how did it lead? What was the first step? Did you read a book? Yeah. Did, so you, that, did you hear of a workshop? No, I. So I did one thing. One main thing was like I read a. a, 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 a I bought this book, which was called like, I don't know, I was recommended, but I never know the title. I don't know. But it was like, it was like, uh, I don't know what I want to do, but, uh, but I can tell you how or something. It was something like that. Like the title of the book where you, it basically helped you to find out what you liked. Okay. And then the, you would do exercises. And one of the exercises was, was like, all right, describe the, the job that you hate. And everything was basically what I was doing at that moment. So I was like, all right, now you know what you don't like. All right, now let's see what you like. And then everything that was always, it's always about, you know, making people laugh and comedies and, and uh, uh, whose line is it anyway? It was very uh, yeah. popular at that time. So I was like, well, improv and all that stuff. So it's like, so that was like the main thing. I was like, hmm, maybe. And then I started, and then I read The Alchemist. I don't know if you read yeah, that. Yeah, me too, Pablo Coelho. Yeah, so I read that and that's when I started looking at signs, you know, like, and then I started thinking, people would come up to me some, randomly and be like, oh, you're funny, or like, oh, you should be uh, like in a movie. And then I started going back to when I was in high school, and I was like, most likely, I want one of those superlatives, most likely to be in, like in a movie or a TV was me. And I didn't know, you know, stuff like that, that I was going yeah. like, hmm. and that to me, that's when I was, when I was like, all right, let me go take, a, again, uh, whose line is it anyway, it was very popular. There was an improv class at DC Improv. And that I read online and I took it. I didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell my, even my girlfriend at the time, nobody, you know, my parents. And I started taking it. And the first time that I got there, the first class, when I was just there doing the zip, zap, zap and all that stuff, yeah. it was like, I, I remember going like this. It was the first time that it was weird because the first time in my life that I felt that I was like, that I belong somewhere that I was, yes. and like, I was like, whoa, like. That I that I also that I was even better than 
than most people that you could tell that I was like, cause I used to play a lot of sports growing up because again, a part of fitting in, but I was never like, I was average. I was never good or bad, but I was never like, okay, this is the first time. Like if I was sport, I was like, well, I'm one of the best people in the team kind of thing. And it wasn't an, it wasn't arrogance. It was validating. It was just like, yeah, I just, it just, and, and also it was the first time that I wanted to do something. I wanted to keep doing it. I was, get, I was used to always get bored and like, I wouldn't even finish video games. I'd be like, ah, I'm so, you know, I was just looking for the next thing. And I found this and I, and those, so those three things were like, wow. So I finished the course, took all the what course. What year was this? It was like in 2005 or something like that around there. Um, took that for like a year, took all the courses. And that's when I, when I, when I started going like, all right, I like this. I want to become a professional or do some. So now that's when I started going like, all right, I need to move, you know, either. And at that point it was Chicago because I wanted to do improv. So it was either Chicago or New York or LA. And um, then I chose LA because I like the groundlings and, uh, you know, which is a, uh, improv school, but also I chose LA too was because of like, I knew it was, it was far. And I was like, cause I knew if I, for example, if I moved to New York, it was four hours from DC. I could always go back and forth. And, and I was, it, maybe I would have just moved back or something, you know, like I, I wanted to really make like a, a jump. And that's when yeah. I told, when I told my parents and I, as you said, I think it's the fact that I was already graduated. I was already working but again, talking about science, I thought they were going to go crazy and go and go like, what are you talking about? You know? But I remember I told my parents and I was like, hey, I want to move to L.A. to do this, you know, and, and they're they're They were like, OK, which <laughs> which that for a Latin parents, that's going like, go fulfill your dreams. Do this. But but that that OK, you know, kind of like that. That was like the the biggest like push for me to go 100%. and then, and then, you know, and then, yeah, when I first moved, you know, it was in the beginning. I remember even having conversation with my dad, like the first couple of months, he's like, you got to move back. And I'd be like, no, I'm doing this. I'm here. <laughs> I don't you understand. I'm here, you know? And like, uh, like not in the beginning, because it's like, obviously it's not going to start right away, you know, like the, the journey of it. But, uh, but yeah, after that, so yeah, that whole validation from them, you know, and and it's funny because it's like, you know, I was slowly, you know, being all these years getting, you know, doing a little more stuff and stuff like that. And then you could see the difference. Now, my my dad died very early on when I started doing it. So he never kind of like, I think maybe he saw me perform once. I don't know. But he never kind of saw the whole thing. But my mom, you could see the, the change of her where now she's so supportive, so much more of like, it's like. She's like, sends me like articles. It's like, hey, you should be in this movie. I was like, yeah, mom, <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I love to be in that movie. He's <laughs> not like I, I know him, you know, but like, <laughs> but, uh, but now it's like, you could see the, 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 the change of it. And also, you, they see the hard work and they see the changes, you know, all that Absolutely. stuff. But it's that whole thing, like you were saying, it's like that generation, they don't, they never saw it as a, even a pos- for them, even as a possibility, because it's kind of like, if you don't come from the family, like talking about nepotism and all this stuff is like, you know, they don't see it as a, as a, it can happen. But, but I think it's like, no, uh, yeah, it can happen. It's just having the, 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 the awareness and to be like, you know what, I don't like what I'm doing. I want to do what I want to do. And if it's, you know, it's going to be hard, but 
I just got to do what I want to do. And I'll remember, I'll be fine. Don't worry. You know, I'm not going to throw away my life, you know. (laughs) I also feel like for, I'm not saying it's my, my parents specific case, but I find that in Latin America, like if you say, oh, Francisco y Stefan trabajan para Google. Or para Scotiabank. Oh, yes. It's como, oh. Exactly. Okay. Because those are brands that they know of back, or, or that uh, works for um, American IBM Airlines. Or, yeah, IBM. Chevron or uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Toyota. Oh, but because yeah. these are brands that they've seen on TV, you know. Exactly. But when they say he's a comedian, they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. They don't even understand. Yeah, they don't, they, they don't. think like you're like, they probably think like you're a clown. You remember those? I don't know, like in <laughs> Venezuela, like there used to be circus coming, like Los Circos de los Hermanos Rosario or something, like, you know, like Fuente de Gasca. Yeah, so, like it's like that's what they think. We're just a circus, which is, and that'd be fine too. Like, who cares? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Like, they probably make more money. That's the thing people do. Like, they don't even understand. I think now people are, especially now with social media and everything, now they're seeing the changes of like, oh, you can actually make a lot of money because, yeah, back in the days too, in the 80s and you know, seventies and eighties, like making, like even here in the U.S., like making money as a stand-up was not like at all like what it is now. You yeah. actually do it because you just loved it. You know, that's that's yeah, what you wanted yeah. to do. But it, there was now, like you could, you could make money. You know, you don't have to be huge, but you can still make money. You know what I mean? And live, Absolutely. you know. So I, but yeah, I feel like people in Latin America, they like it is that whole. I mean, that's why I feel like the whole also classes you know, thin that culture that the Latin America has because of like, it's like, yeah, like, oh, you work in Chevron. Wow. Okay, cool. Hey, like, <laughs> who cares? What's the difference? You know, like, yeah. I could be a computer or I could work in whatever. Yes, yeah, the status is that whole thing of like dressing in the country club and all that stuff. It's kind of like, yeah. which is like, you know, it's fine if you like that, but it's like, that doesn't make you better than the other person because yeah, absolutely. the other person yeah. is, and a lot of people, that's the unfortunate part of that too. I think a lot of people do that because they're they're so afraid to get out of that bubble. One hundred percent of the of the comfort of it, which is like, you know, I just, I mean, that was the sad part when I told most of my friends in DC that I was leaving to LA to do comedy. The main thing that they told me were like everybody was like, "Wow, I can't believe you have the balls to do it." And I was looked at them and be like, "You can do it too." Yeah. You know, you just you're just afraid of, you know, that's, that's it. Because Absolutely. we like, we grew up the same way. Like we're like, we're one of the few luck, uh, lucky people in the world that are, you know, there, there was no, uh, like we could follow our dreams, you know, like they, yeah. we didn't have to take care of a family. We have to take care Absolutely. of our parents. We actually, you know, like, so why not? You know what I mean? Why not? 100%. It's like, it's like and but the people there most of these people are afraid because they don't want to get out of that bubble and that comfort zone because of like oh el que dirán que dirán if i yeah. have a house when i'm 40 que dirán si no tengo el carro and all that stuff it's like who cares it's like absolutely you know it's like to me it's like the mess the best thing is to wake up and be happy because i got friends who are not happy doing what they like and that's why that was one of my that's what i was very afraid to wake up and before, yeah, you have the house and you have the cars, and but you're miserable, and then you're just a funny guy at the at the parties. I'm like, no, <laughs> and that's like no, because 
that's where you go, but like, wait, I'm good. Or I'm like, I could do the same thing when you look at people on TV and you go like, I could do that. That was nice. like, that's to me, imagine that I'm like, oh, I look at that. I was like, oh, I'm the funny. It's like, yeah, but you could have done that. You didn't try. It was like the same thing as somebody has been an athlete and be like, you have that talent. It's like, at least try, you know, at least, you know, just, you know, some people don't have that, you know, like use it, you know, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And it's so much more comfortable to be the guy at the party of course. And be like, oh, I'm I'm talented, but I don't do that because you're scared. And you're you know afraid what? of failure. You're yeah. afraid of like, and that's and 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 to me, that's the beauty about it. Because you learn through failure and you learn through the mistakes and you learn through it. That's like the whole journey yeah. of, of life. It's like if you're always I mean, to me, it's also too it's like we're we're such a short life and we don't know when we're gonna go. It's like at least you wanna be like, hey man, at least I did what I wanted to do. At least I try, you know, I'm like, there's yeah. not, even if, you know, we, we all have our dreams or goals, but it's like, it's at the end of the day, it's about the, 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 the journey of it. You know what I mean? And to me, it's like, yeah. well, at least I did something with my life that I wanted to do. I just didn't. The worst is to me is you like you're 70, 80 and be like, man, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have done that. It's like, yeah, man. that's what I, that's, that was exactly one of my, train of thoughts when i was quitting i was like a few things i don't want to be the guy at the bar when i'm 70 be like oh i used to be a good quarterback in high school <laughs> right. like uncle rico sorry yeah <laughs> so then the other the, yeah then the the other thing was like i was like wow i'm kind of feel a little not grateful if i not take advantage of the degree that they paid for and all these experiences. But I was, I was also like, my parents couldn't pursue their dreams because they were parents when they were like 19. Exactly. And they sacrificed everything they did mm -hmm. so that I could follow my dreams. Yeah. And then the, and then the other thing was like, this is like, this was like the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back here. I was like, what's the worst thing that can happen? If I quit my job and and I suck at comedy, let's say, I the worst thing, literally, the worst thing is I have to work at Starbucks. That is fucking amazing. Yeah, that is the, and also the yeah, epitome sorry. of privilege. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. what's my excuse? Like, if I was in El Salvador or Costa Rica, I'd be like, oh no, because Costa Rica, there's not a market. If I was in Toronto or New York or Los Angeles, now I'm here. And then, oh, oh but if I, if I had a degree or a good plan, I have it. Oh, but yeah. if I, dude, no excuses. Like, no excuses. What? And that's what really drove me to do exactly. it. Exactly. That was my thing, too, when I first moved to it. Because I, when I first moved to L.A., I, I also was very realistic. And that's my thing of, like, you know, I mean, growing up, I guess, also in the land, you know, they don't, they don't baby you. And they don't. So I was very, like, like, almost going, like, well, let's see if I'm good at it. Let's see if it works. But I was never, like, going, like, I'm going to be a star kind of thing. So it's like. I was very like, I need to be basically people need to tell me or hire me to be like, I'm good. And like, that's why when I moved, first moved, I got a job when I moved here in a finance yes. firm. My thing was like, if I, especially the first years, I was like, well, let me start trying this. If it doesn't work out, I'll just keep working here. Like, there's no change. There's nothing. There's yeah. no bad happens. It's like, I just, you know, but slowly I, I, I started doing up in my, you know, slowly I got into these things and then I got in, I got, and I got, uh, you know, a movie role and I was like, okay, this to me, there were the signs of going like, all right, I guess I am good enough to at least be here, you know, stuff like that. And then 
slowly then you quit the job and then you start doing all the stuff but it's like but it's like you said it's it's it's, it's there's nothing there, there's nothing bad about it it's like you can always the best thing is and also when you do try when you do stuff that's where other good things happen yeah you no know, because it's never gonna think how you it is you know you never you have a little plan a little i want to get to there there's always going to be things that you never expect that's going to happen, but those are the good things that are going to happen. And I, just I because you didn't get this job is because, but now you met this person, now you got this part and then you do this and you do that. And maybe you still get to the point that you want to get to, but you went this other way that you never even thought of. Uh, that's what you needed to go through. You know? Yeah. I was like, dude, if I could, if I could make $30,000 a year, like doing anything, even just of standup, or anything, I, I'm going to be the happiest person alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because I'm miserable at these and and the and the being it being so predictable would drive me crazy. Oh, that that's my thing too. That was the thing that I that that was like I just saw my friends. I remember going happy hours in DC when I was still working there. And all they do is just talk about how they were just going to get the masters and then they're going to do this. And then, <laughs> and then I could just be like, Oh, then you're going to get married and then you're going to have kids and you're going to divorce. And then you're going to be miserable. And I was like, <laughs> your whole life, you know what you want to, that's so boring. Like that's yeah. so like, it's like, ah, uh, like it's just, I just, and, and, and I, and also I could tell the difference too of the people that really like their jobs and the people that don't like their jobs, for example, in finance, you know, like you could tell there are yeah. the people that were just, and most, the people hated their jobs. There were just a few that were the ones that really like, and those are the ones that are doing well because they enjoy, they stay late, they like that. You know, for us, it's like for us, like how we love comedy. They love, the, they're not. And that's great because that's what you want to do that. But like for other people, it's like they, they, they're just there, just just counting. It's kind of like Joe versus a volcano, that movie with Tom <laughs> Punching the clock and doing this and punching the clock. Yeah, and, doing yeah. and it's like, and then you wake up and you're like, well, I, I, you're 80. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, like, it's okay if those people, they like it, but that's what I, I mean. Exactly. But we don't. So I, I guess it's like, obviously people are hearing this. We're not inviting you to quit your job. and do no, your no, hobby. No, no, no. Obviously we're all, all we're saying, I guess, is like, just be honest with yourself. And yes. If, what if you you're like- playing, if you're playing that accountant game, or that Deloitte game or that like engineering game, because, because that's what like you just did. And, and I guess this is the path that I got to follow. But if then, it's not your thing, then that's not your path. You know, if be it's aware too that you can also, and also it's not like you have to go like, I quit the next day and go uh-huh. like, no, you can still find what you want to do by doing it at night, doing it on the weekends, 100%. you know, taking a course, doing the things, meeting people slowly, slowly. And then, It'll get to the point where, like, what happened with me? Like, after four years of working that thing, I had to quit because I was I I was going out on the road and I was doing all the stuff. But I had to quit the job. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not gonna quit until I I need it. And I and I finally had to quit because if not, I was gonna get fired because I was asking for twenty <laughs> days off and all that stuff. So it's kind of yeah. like that's what I mean. People, it's like you don't need to you just jump and go like, oh, you know, you you can find a ways, but you but you can still find ways, and then you also find yeah. ways of. Maybe it's not a thing that I don't want to do as a job, but as a hobby. All right, at least, but at least fine. You find that and see your thing. But it's like, yeah, I feel like it is a thing of people don't, don't, don't. Oh, I was going to say that you mentioned that. It is a thing that we, we, this is our personality. We don't like that. Oh, because I did have a, uh, remember a friend 
that told me that he's like, hey, man, I respect what you do. But for me, I need to have know that I'm going to get paid every 15th and first of the month. I need to have that that is stability. That that's what makes me happy or makes me, you know, and I respect that. Yeah, I respect that because he he knows who he is. That's the point. Yeah. It's like, who you are. If you like that, great. If you don't like that, then do something about it. But do something about it. Not just Yeah, exactly. And and I feel at the same time that you you ah, man, I just didn't wanna every day that I was at the bank, I was thinking about comedy, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that to me is and even in university, I didn't know about. I mean, I know about stand. I knew about like what was stand up, but I didn't know how to write it or anything. I had never taken a course, but all I was doing, I was just thinking of funny situations or skits or sketches and writing them mm-hmm. down. So I was there, but I was never really there. Now the the fact that I'm very disciplined and and responsible allowed me to graduate exactly. and everything. But those are the same transferable skills. That, that now I use to to for comedy, to, yeah. to, for comedy because a lot of people think that it's just like, oh, you just go and, and you're funny and you say whatever comes to the top of your head. A job, but, full-time job. Yeah, and it's like being on stage is probably less than 1% of the entire day. That's the easiest time. thing that I tell That's people. Like, you know what's the easiest thing? Like, especially when I do shows on the road, the the, the, the easiest thing is to do the show. Then the hard part is to get there, to to, to book the yeah. flight, do all this stuff, to the hotels, pick up the Uber, you know, drive, wake up early, you know, all this other stuff that that we all have to do it ourselves because we're that's the thing too. We're our our own company, so yeah. we just it's not just performing. We have to do all the other administrative stuff and all the other stuff besides writing and the marketing and then all this other stuff, the podcast and the thing and the, the reels and all the this. Reels. We have to do all that. I mean, so it's a lot of work, you know, but that's why you only, you can only like it. Cause why would you, yeah. you know, like that's the thing doing all this stuff that, 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 that we're not directly getting paid off, you know, it's like, like a job. It's not like we write a, you know, like we do a thing. It's like, it's all to the company. It's having your own business in a way. And, and yeah, and I think that's why we're going back and going back to the thing is like, it's people that have them have your own business mentality and other people that just like to be part of a company. And it's fine too. Like just be, I just love my nine to five. And then I don't have to think about work anymore and I can just enjoy the weekends and stuff like that. I not like that. I'm like you where I 24 hours a day I'm always thinking about like comedy or like work. I'm like how yeah. to do how to improve myself or how to get to the next level. That's Absolutely. and you do need to have that 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 I, I mean you need to be born with that. I mean and, and I think it's I guess we're we're telling people it's like if you are like us and you're not happy with what you're doing, then do something about it because it, it ain't gonna change, you know, no matter exactly. how you do no matter how you, but if you like the nine to five and that's it, and just be part of a company and just don't worry about anything else. And it's fine because, yeah. you know, that's, 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 that's great too. You can have a great life just doing that. So it doesn't matter. Now, I want to ask you about from the moment that you decided, okay, this is not for me. You moved to LA, you start working in the financial company, you're doing stand up on the side. When, like if if we were to give advice to somebody starting off their stand-up career in LA, in New York City, in Chicago, in Toronto, what are the things that 
they should be doing 100% because I know that a lot of people say, well, yeah, go to all the open mics. But, okay, that's just one part of it. Is is it writing? Is it also, like, what 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 things were you doing that are not necessarily common sense? Because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, talent and skills are, are not enough. You, you always have to, you have to go above and beyond in, in many ways because, like, Jim Carrey's journey is not going to be your journey or my journey or Theo Vaughn's journey is not going to be yours or, or, or we're, all so Papano, yeah. we're all we're all different so it, besides talent what things should they be doing to continue to develop themselves that were very valuable in your journey when you were in, in those first three years three to five years yeah yeah for me it was i mean i think it's what i took when i first moved here and i told myself i was like i kind of like changed my whole life in terms of like when i was in dc because it it shows you of like when you don't like when you're not happy with what you're doing with your life or who you are you find i think that's a human thing like we fill ourselves with other stuff to do to to kind of put out for to to fill that emptiness that void 100 percent. you know 100%. so like partying vacations all the whatever you know so for me i was like yeah i used to do a lot of partying going out i used to promote uh parties and do all this stuff so i was like very socially involved you know you know and then uh but then when i moved to la one of the first things that i told myself i was like well i moved here to do comedy and to do stand and then to do you know all this stuff so i'm not going out at all like that's completely done and that's what i did it became I really, it became full, a hundred percent comedy, like all in, like every, it, the whole reason I was like the job, like my job was working with the East coast hours. So I would start at six 30 in the morning until two 30 in the afternoon. After two 30, I would hit the open mics every day. You know, every day I would hit open mics, sometimes two to three, just literally Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday, you start hanging out with people, going to the big clubs, like the comedy store and all that stuff then slowly you start getting involved in the world of that, of your class. This is like my class, for example. And my class were people like Gerard Carmichael, you know, Josh Adam Myers, Angelo Bowers, you know, all these guys that are doing. But what uh, is your, your class? The people that you did a, a that workshop That I started with? Open, op, open mics with. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that that little class of like people that I was, Amir K, you know, all these other guys that we just, we met during open mics. And we kept doing it and we, we took it seriously. And you could tell there was also some talent to involve, you know, like, and then, uh, but it was every day, just like, just think. And then even, and then even like after like two years of doing open mics or something, uh, that's when I, I started, I was doing the, the comedy store open mic a lot and I started hanging out at the comedy store. And that's when I got asked to work there as a door guy. So like, like what, um, you know, a lot of comics have done, you know, before yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and even told him, like, look, I have a day job. I mean, I don't know if I can do it because I have to wake up at 6. I mean, I have to be at 6.30 and all. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll figure it out. So I would work, like, so basically I would work sometimes, like, during the week, but mostly during the weekends. So, like, basically the whole, like, every day, like, the whole time i was just completely immersed into stand-up just like again not going out when people come to visit me i'd be like i, I don't know like where, where should we go i'm like i don't have an idea i don't i literally go 
to the job and the clubs and that's it. I don't do, I didn't know what, what anything was. Cause my thing was like, I need, I came here for a purpose and like that. So it was like, I think that's the thing. You just have to really like fully yeah, all in. It has to become part of your life. It, it is part of your life. You start, I mean, that's why I said people, if you're a stand up, a true stand up, you're, you're all you you it's, it's a lifestyle it's not a you can never you're never like tired retire from it you're always thinking that way you're always going you're always like i want to get up i want to try this i want to i want to write i want to do things you're always like it's yeah. it's uh, and then when you start hanging out with normal people then you're like it's weird because you're like you're not used <laughs> to that and yeah you know so so yeah so i feel like the whole thing is to really immerse into in into whatever you're doing you know like just really because that's how you get and also how, how you learn the that's how i learned nobody taught me like anything that i did i just basically learned it through watching and listening and 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 asking questions and then you know you learn like the little things of like the stand-up culture you know of like you know who are the good guys who are which are the good clubs how much you get paid for this how much you do that you know like how to do all this other stuff but it's just because you were just there the whole time and like and that's what yeah. i said before too like if you're gonna especially for entertainment like being a comic actor musician whatever i feel like if you're going to do, like, if you're going to move to LA or New York or Toronto to do it, or you really got to, like, like, it's, this has got to be your life. You can't just expect. Yeah. Like, you can't 100%. expect tell people, like, you can't just be like, you can't treat it as a nine to five job. That's what I mean. Like, you cannot. Absolutely. Like, if you think you're going to have a, I even had a cousin I wanted to do acting. I was like, he's like, yeah, but then we're going to go party. I was like, no, 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 we're not partying. Like, if you move here, <laughs> like, it's just to do it. I don't, I'm not going to go out. And, and I, he, I, he's like, Oh, it's like, yeah, I'm not like, why are you going to come here to, 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 to just, you know, party or to do then, then you're not in it, you know, cause That's especially true. for people like us that especially people like us were like, not the fact that we're immigrants, but the, but the fact that we didn't come from a family of, of artists or anything like that. So we don't even have an in or anything like that. We don't, we were starting from zero. So it's like, it's even harder. You have to work even harder because it's not 100%. like your dad can call and be like, Hey, can you give him an audition or can I have a meeting with the whatever? No, like we, we, we don't. So we have to, so it's even, we have to work triple the, you know, the war, you know, so it's like, I feel like you need to have that, that mindset. If not, then, you know, it's, it, it is. I mean, I think that's the only thing. You cannot teach that. I think it's like yeah. you got to know that that is it is a thing that you're like, well, this is my life. And I'm going to just, you know, and especially in the beginning, you know, because that's what happened in the beginning. Slowly, then you start like when you start like figuring out, all, you know, then you start then you start a little more of a life or more like stuff like that. <laughs> how to balance it and stuff like that, because it also it is also a thing of like, no, you cannot just. Well, but I feel in the beginning, it does have to be like that in order to like, yes. in order to get in. I mean, at least the first, again, like the, my first six years, you know, five years, five, six years, you know, we're just like that, just completely, fully like, ugh, you know, like, you know, but now it's like, okay, now I obviously I do my stuff, but now I, I have more of a balance, which is good. But I think you need to gain that. You can't just start with that. I feel a hundred percent. I, I also, I, I agree because sometimes I'm like, fuck, man, maybe I, maybe I should, maybe I should like go for a bike ride or something. Like I can't all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and good to do that because you can, 
get new bits if you want to talk about like 100 that's like but i feel the like it's like, clarity it's still that but i feel like you need to gain that to because now you yes. know yourself so now you can write like for example i know how to write easier for me now i know i'm like oh okay so it's like so it works but in the beginning like you still gotta i feel like yeah you need to really f- immerse yourself into whatever you're doing because that's the only way too that you're gonna know if you like it or not if this is for you or not Absolutely. that it, you know so it's like and everybody does that it's not just comedy i mean like athletes you know like the good ones they you don't see it but they train every day twice a day three times a day no christmas no new new year's just working just doing it and doing it it's like yeah we have to do the same thing i mean that's seinfeld he would write for like you know like an hour two hours every day just like a little book you know everything it's just like i mean it, i want to get in i want to get into that because there's two from my comedian friends and seeing my experience i'm always curious about the writing of my comic friends because when i when i talk to others they're like well there's 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 two ways of writing one is like you're just having a coffee and something comes up you write it down but on the seinfeld side of things he, he sat that he convinced himself to sat down i think he even put like chocolate chip cookies and, and a glass Back. of milk to to even uh convince him lure himself into into writing and then you develop that muscle that habit and then yeah probably like 70 percent or 90 percent 95 percent of the bits are going to be shit at the beginning but yeah. as you work that muscle then the numbers improve what's yeah. what's your process have you developed a discipline or you or do you rely on when things come up or do you rely on writing on stage or when you're on stage to if if new things come up i do all of the above i feel like i feel like um it is a thing of like you know in the beginning i would definitely sit down more and write and write the bits more like little word from word and all this stuff you know like i gotta say like the, you know and uh and then now now it's just a combination of yeah if, like if i have an idea that i thought was something i write it down i mean sometimes i write it down and then i'm like all right and then i try it on stage just to just even the the idea that i wrote a premise or whatever just to feel like to see if like oh, okay this got this got legs i can i can work more and then i use that and then i sit down and try to write more about the bit and try to make it longer or you know if i got more tags or make it a, a bigger you go straight for the joke or do you free write a lot and then see what you can dissect that works so i go start... straight for junk joke structure and straight for punch I mean, when I when I'm saying it on stage, I do just to kind of like yeah, get. Yeah. Yeah. But then I go like, all then right. I go back. Then I go back. Then I go like, all right. What's the premise? The universal premise, so everybody can get it. You know how to get into it as quickly. And I write a lot, and then I start cutting stuff out. I'd be like, all right, I don't need that. That doesn't. I need to get to the you know to the punchline faster and all this stuff. And then I can have more time here to do it. So it's like it is a combination of. And I think as I said, the more you know yourself. Yeah the more you do, it's easier for you to write what you need to like write it all down, but you go like, okay, I can, I can say this. In, and there's way, there's sometimes that I go like, oh, I know if I, I say this, it's going to be, it's going to be, people are going to laugh just the way that I'm going to say it. You know, I, there's stuff that I'm going like, okay, now I know that, okay, this is going to hit. And it just like, it's going to hit all the time. And like, there's ones that you go like, oh, this is great. There's other ones where you go like, oh man, I know this is a good bit, but I, I just got to find a way and you yeah. like just keep hitting it and hitting and find ways and find way. It takes 
you know, a couple of months, you know, sometimes to just get one to be like, oh, okay, finally I found it. But other ones are easy. So it's just a combination of, 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 yeah, writing, sitting. I mean, I feel, and I feel the whole writing, sitting down is good. If you even just want to write for 10 minutes, because you can all, even if you want to, not even if you want to work on your bits, but even more work on the other bits to make it stronger or make it longer or make it add more, more tags to it or more things, yeah. you know, uh, my you thing. Have a, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, my thing that I do, I always do is that is when you go up, it's like always have a purpose of why you're going up, like have a, like, and it could be, all right, tonight I'm going to work on my performance and my energy, or tonight I'm just going to work on this one bit, or tonight I just want to work on adding a new tag or whatever it is, just have something. So then it doesn't become repetitive yeah. if you're doing the same bits all the time, you know, like if you have the same bits all the time, try to add one more tag to it, try one, one more, add one more thing to it, one more, you know, like don't always have a thing of like, and also don't try to do too much either you know i feel like sometimes yes. like, oh, i want to work a lot of it and like nah people don't know you try to do well add the new bit in the middle and then that's it and then work on yes. the other one or like i mean it depends on the shows too if there's shows that are like more bar shows that you want to work more stuff out then yeah do more if they know you more you're allowed to do more but like don't try to do too much either too i feel like it's like just just work yeah. it's better to just work on one bit and get it stronger or, or Less work is Less or, is more. Or, or your performance or whatever it is. Because sometimes the performance, that's what people don't realize too. It's not just about the writing, the performance, man. You have to like bring, especially for me. For me, I'm the type of guy that I get. People laugh a lot. It's a combination of, but they laugh a lot of how I say it or how yeah, I put it. You have so an incredible like, delivery, man. Yeah. So it's like, it, I. so I need to always remember that because if I don't do it, then I go like, why didn't that bit work as well? Because you didn't you know, uh, uh, bring the energy. or bring the energy or whatever it is, you know, like, so it's like, it's, it's a combination of both. It's just like, you know, going back to being an athlete, it's like you work on the drills, but you also got to work on the, you know, the, the stamina be like, all right, I'm ready to get energy to, to perform, yeah. you know, and then is there a, go and is, do it. Is there a specific time of day where you feel you are more in in the mindset of writing or more creative yeah. or mental clarity. And a second part to that question is where do you keep your bits? Because as you, as you progress, I'm like, fuck, what happened to that bit? Where is, I, I didn't write it down. So I have a, a document all, like also by categories, like immigration, mm -hmm. family, yeah. relationships, yeah. sex, sports. And uh, do you have, so, so what time of day is best for you and, and where do you keep your bits and yeah, your rough uh, drafts? Yeah, no, uh, morning for sure is my, my, the one I feel like more creative morning. After really working cool. out, before working out? No, I work up like more, I actually worked out more like in the afternoon or like early afternoon, okay. stuff like that. I, I, that's why, cause I, I know like, I mean, I would have to like, I mean, unless I would wake up like at six in the morning to work out and then go and ride then yeah, but I feel like since I'm not waking up that early, you know, I prefer to write or be more creative in the morning where I'm like more like, you know, I, I'm just, I, clarity I, and rest I just, I'm more creative. I just think quicker or like, you know, I think after towards the, 
you know, later on that, you know, when there's more stuff happening and more stuff, then, you know, I guess you're more tired mentally or whatever. So I'm not ready to like, and I don't, I don't know it works well too for my standard too, when I work stuff in the morning um, and then I can just try it out at night. But sometimes what I do, sometimes I go, it's like, Hey, I'm going to, I know I have a show and I want to work stuff out or whatever. And then I just go to a coffee shop or something and at least maybe write or work on it in an hour before I go do this. So I have that, that kind of like meant, okay. I, yeah. Like that clarity of what I do, uh, but mostly in the morning. And then where I keep my stuff, I, uh, I mean, I do have, I mean, I have notebooks. I have same you know, Google drive. I have uh, the phone, you know, I have my notes there that I write new bits, but also have like, and then I'm like you, I categorize my bits into, into categories. So it's easier for me to then remember if like, okay, if I'm talking about family, there's all family stuff. It's all talk about like, you know, uh, health stuff is all about health stuff in one. So it's easier for me to then go, especially when you're doing a, an hour, you know, it's just easier just to, so, yeah, so absolutely. I but I keep it everywhere. I feel like it's like now with phones, you can, I'm cool with writing stuff. Sometimes I do like to write stuff because it makes me memorize it easier when I write it stuff, like actually write it. But then I also have uh computer stuff where I can put all the, when I have like more of like a, okay, a bigger like hour or whatever of like, okay, I want to just put everything here so I don't lose it or whatever, you know? So I love it before we go on to the rapid fire question here to close off. I want to ask you, is there from, so for the people who don't know, I, Francisco performs at the, at the comedy, the world famous comedy store where literally probably if there's a place on earth where some of the best standup happens, it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. In New York city, there's a couple other places, but I, I went to the, I've been to the comedy store and it's, it, it's still like the best gym in the in the world, I guess. Absolutely. Like in terms of like, uh, I feel like that's where like, yeah, it's the best gym. It's where like basically all the whatever are there. So then, because it's not just performing there, but being there is makes you 100%. good. Use. But for me, I would say like talking about masters that all my friends that took math, I took masters and but in comedy when I, because I worked Absolutely. two years at the comedy store as a door guy, what I would work. And I would, my main job was to sit people and then just watch the show. So I would watch the show from nine to two in the morning. So it's like, you see all this, the, the way to open, the way to deal with hecklers, the way to go up when there's nobody there, you know, all this stuff. And like, and it was just a class. I mean, it was, and it's also cause I learned it when I first started doing comedy. So I, I, uh, it wasn't like I was doing comedy in DC and then I, that it was just completely raw. So I, I, so for me, the comedy store is definitely, I would say I'm a store guy. That's like this, the, the comedy, this, uh, the club that I started. And yeah. I'm like, and we have all that being a comedy store guy, you know how to, it makes you be able to perform in any situation, you know? I yeah. A hundred percent. Who, who have been your, who are your favorites and who have been uh, your mentors at the same time? And is there any advice early on in your career that that marked you um yeah i mean i feel like well the 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 the, the uh, there hasn't been like a mentor for me or like somebody just like took yeah. me on the wing or anything like that but i definitely you know or your uh, closest friends that have well, been, uh, yeah became people that i like uh that i wanted uh, gravitated to or that i talked to you know uh i mean the one that that is always like uh that is the one that i was like oh this is kind of like what i want to do with my career was Sebastian, 
Maniscalco. Oh, 100%. I mean, because he was there when I started, uh, obviously, and then he was already... And I could just like... I just like the whole... His whole... I mean, not just his material because it's very universal and about his life and stuff like that, which is what I like to do. But also the way that he would just... Um, handle himself he did do his thing and then go home and then you know very he was very like uh walking and like didn't say hi to anybody but like for me i don't know he started like talking to me and he was actually one of the first guys that took me on the road like, when i went to dc no way open for him i mean i i was like hey i'm from dc so can i open for you so it's great so it's like so for him is definitely a guy that i'm like uh that i i was like okay this is kind of like you know, and I never even thought he was going to get to the level that he is right now. It was like amazing, you know, like uh, they, now he's selling arenas and stuff like that. But, uh, and then um, another one was uh, Ian Edwards was a guy that he, uh, he, he started talking to me also early on was at the comedy store. And he did tell me one good advice that I was remember, which was always like, just uh, do any type of room. Like don't, don't, don't just do the rooms that are like the audiences that 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 you think are gonna like. Just do any type; doesn't yeah. matter. Because that's you learn how to do comedy, and I did that. You know, I never I remember when I first moved here. There were Latino shows, uh, you know, and most of the Latino comics would just do that. And I was like, no, I mean, I want to do other ones. I didn't. I just I didn't want to. And also because the Latinos in 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 L, in LA, the audience were not. Like I didn't even relate to them as much because they were like yeah. Southern Mexican from LA, which, and it wasn't like, and they were doing this local bits that I was like, this is not what I do. So, so I think the best, oh, that's a great advice is just to just do as many rooms as you can. It doesn't matter. And then, uh, and then another comic too was as Chief Trevino too. He took me on the road early on. And also le I learned how to just, just being on the road and having like how to deal with like, clubs and how to deal with the managers how to deal with a waste staff and you know all this other stuff too so like those are the Amazing. main things when i first started you know and then there have been other ones that i've been on the road with as well that have been great yeah i love it man so very quick uh rapid fire to 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 end up you don't have to like respond rapid rapidly yeah. but if you can it's more excited okay so here we go Name one thing you've done in the past three months that makes you feel proud. In the past three months, that makes me feel proud. Yeah. Ooh, do 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 do. Uh, just getting better in shape. Better. Nice. If you could invite three people, living or dead, to your home for dinner, who would they be? Could be celebrities, could be relatives, could be politicians, could be athletes. Ah, uh, all right. I guess uh, one would be Leo DiCaprio. Oh, I thought Messi. <laughs> well, Messi would be great, but Leo more because of the uh, acting. Uh, Martin Scorsese would be one. Wow. And then, uh, and then my uh, my dad, my dad would be cool. Yeah, yeah, be great. Have my nice. dad. Complete the following phrase: I lose track of time when I. Uh, <laughs> When I'm, um, I guess when I'm, I was going to say when I'm having sex, but that's not, <laughs> but that's just a quick time. That's just very quick. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, when I am hanging out at a comedy club, definitely nice. I think when I'm not, when I'm just hanging out and, and talking to other comics after I did my set, 
I really, you know, you just lose the time where like, I'm going to leave. And then it's like two hours later and you're still there, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. That the comedy store has that vibe. I've only been once, but yeah, you just uh, hang there. There they went for the, for a holiday party thing. I was like, I'm just going to be here for a half hour. Like four hours later, it was still there. It was like, yeah, I saw, I saw the Fahim Anwar's special, like what, at the store. And just the background of it and everything you can just it's it looks like a cool place to hang out okay what are two two to three things that you've always wanted to do that are still on your bucket list um i think uh definitely like being in a mafia movie i love like that (laughs) like like not being funny but like being an actual like good fellas like godfather kind of thing uh and then uh i think the next one would be to to just um, being able to uh, have a name where I can just produce a show for an, another person to like where oh, I, like my nice. name is enough to be like all right fine you know to get to that point you know yeah nice okay two more if you could start a charitable organization what would be the cause um me it's a go fund so they can get money <laughs> no no uh no i definitely i think it'd be for i will uh for ch- uh children in in venezuela you know to for the arts or for just to fulfill, you know just to i think something related to that especially like uh my dad came from a, a very poor neighborhood in venezuela and he was one of the few ones that graduated and went to school what was it called like the what what, what was the town called? Uh, it was called in Caracas, but it was in uh, in, in Katia, which is or like it's okay, very yeah. like like it's like a poor uh, part of Caracas, and like uh, so, I would love to like be able to like set up a foundation to, especially to help people around there, especially kids, to be like give them the opportunity to to go to school to learn stuff, but also to f- f- uh, you know not just school, but to do their dreams. What we just talked about. For, I love it. What book have you recommended most to others? The Alchemist. No, that's the one that I always go to. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And then the last question that all of the guests get is called the champagne question. And it goes like this. If we were to meet a year from now, 2000 and almost 24, uh, 24, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, if we were to meet a year from now with a bottle of champagne, what are we celebrating in Francisco Ramos's life, second season, we got picked up for a second season. That's amazing of your show. The the so basically, Francisco yeah. as uh, wrote and directed Zoo Animals on HBO Max, and you got yeah. picked up for a second season. Well, or, or another show because that's just a, a short, but like of a, of another show that I have created already. They were celebrating that we just got picked up for a second. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's I love it, man. Not just because oh, it got picked up already. So I was like, you know, the hard thing is to to actually get picked up for a second that's, season. But that's amazing. Well, my friend, dude, thank you so much for being here. This was life changing. I didn't expect for us to talk about literally uh pursuing our dreams as much but i love it because i'm i'm, yeah, I'm all about it, it sounds that. cheesy but but do something about it you know that's I, my I, thing i don't think i uh 
It sounds, I think I always like to talk about it because hopefully, you, you know, somebody hears it and and they do something about it. You know, like I have a good example of a, a, a young guy that I went, I did a, a, maybe like four, three, four years ago, I did a college in Oregon and I, and I guess he opened for me or he did like five minutes before, but then he's after the show, he asked me a question. I want to be a comic. And I, and I told him all this, you know, quickly, all the stuff that I do. A lot of that happens a lot when I do colleges, but ne- nobody follows up, follows up. And but this guy, he 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 moved to LA. I mean, and then he started doing comedy, doing open mics, and then he uh, he started living. Um, and then he called me up. He's like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm doing all this stuff." I was like, "Oh, great!" You know, and then he kept calling me. And then he's like, "Hey, now I'm working in a. I, I live in a YouTube influencer's house. So like, I'm, I know how to do now all this like." uh reels and all this stuff so i could help you with this and i was like ah okay so then now he's been helping me all this other stuff like uh with the with the social media stuff because he knows all this stuff but i'm like helping him with like all this comedy stuff that i know you know like and we're kind of like and and he's doing it now he's doing a lot of shows he's been working with other people that i recommending him to and all this other stuff and he's actually doing, he's like, dude, if it wasn't for you, I would never thought it was possible and all this stuff. So it's like, it's cool that to, to, that I could help somebody do what he wanted. He's doing it. And going back to the thing is like, he's, he's also his personality too, and his drive that he's doing it too, because Absolutely, I, give, yeah. I give him the, 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 like all this advice tips. and all this other stuff and tips, but it's, you have to do it. And then like, you I have see to execute, like, yeah. Yeah, and I see how much time he's performing here and he's doing this and he's going on the road with this and he's doing on this. So he's also doing it. So I'm like, all right, great. That's 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 the way to do it where you're like, because we all can, I mean, I love to help people out, but you also have to help yourself. A hundred percent. It's not me giving you the stuff. I don't, also, you don't want that. You want to, if we're going to work together, earn we want to collaborate and earn it. It's not like, you don't want to just, handed it to you you know that's not that's not yeah fun. and even if you get it right at the beginning you just peak too early exactly you're not even ready for it you're not even you gotta you know so it's like so that's a thing that's why i would say like it's not cheesy talking about all this stuff because i mean i feel like the more you talk about it the more people hopefully because i feel that's in a way what the world really needs it's like if more people were doing what they really like it would be a better world you know, I think a lot of people 100%. are just, just, just so annoyed with their life. You know, they're just bitter all the time because they're not doing what they want to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like and they, end, they treat, they're so miserable. They treat the people who are around them miserably. And, and then was, those that, people go on and treat others miserably. And it becomes a cycle. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things too that I actually just remember. I mean, like when I first had that breakthrough, you know, when I was working in DC and I was like, that was my other thing too. It was like, I, cause I remember I was also starting to get bitter all the time, you know, be like just being annoyed with life. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to like keep doing this and then get married, have kids and then just be like miserable to them just because I'm not happy with me. Yeah. And then you push it. And, and that's another thing too. It's like the main thing is like, you gotta be like, a, I think that life is like, you, it's like a lifeguard. If you want to save people, you have to save yourself first. You like you have to learn how to swim first. You cannot just try to help people by and not even like yourself or not doing what you're doing. You gotta, in a way, be selfish to be in in a way by being happy with what you are, and then you can be. But you can't just 
be just not be happy with what yourself and then try you know i don't think that works out you know in the long run you know what i mean so absolutely uh like tony robbins says um like i used to i used to achieve to be happy now i happily achieve that that's because all the time i used to be like oh when i get to comedy central when i do these shows well i'll be happy but no man you got to put in the work now not just on stage but inside so that you can have a life that's worth living because otherwise you're just going to be miserable and even if you get that whatever it is then you're just going to get you're just going to extend the finish line and oh when i get to comedy central now no now i want netflix no now i want and you're just going to be miserable this whole time exactly that's another thing too that i learned that i also been learning through and i've gotten from stuff that i've gotten in my life the few things that i've gotten where it's like where when you know for me or i know when stuff is good where whenever i get the stuff i go like okay like and it's not because i'm because i don't because that's where i go like where life where happiness like the fact that i got this stuff it didn't make me happier it was just like mm. cool let's do it the journey of doing it is what should be make you happy if you think the result is gonna get you happy then you're fucked because they yeah. like you said then you're gonna always be like well, I, I mean, and I see it. I see people, comics, you know, that yeah. are much better than me. They're talking to my face and they're complaining about the stuff that they're, that I wish I would do. I was doing at that. And, and then I'm like, then well, you're never going to be happy. It's like, you always like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like, wait, it's like, oh, I get nominated for an Oscar. And then I'm mad that I didn't win. It's like, you got nominated for an Oscar. It's <laughs> like, you should, it's like, that's amazing. You know? So I think that's the key. It's like, they'll just don't, uh, that's the only thing too. And that's with not just comedy, with anything. It's like, you think yeah, that life. if you buy the house, that's going to get you happy or that you get the job is going to get, no, it, you should celebrate it. It's like, cool, but it should not change your life Absolutely. because if you don't get it, then what you're going to be, comp- then that, then is everything is about what happens. Then that's your, you're always going like this. That's not, not that's not yeah. normal, you know? And it's and there's a lot of studies that just say that it's just it's just a peak of of, like of excitement exactly. and it, and then you go back down to your your average exactly. and if your average is shitty then you're gonna live a shitty life you, you you have to work on yourself and that's why when I quit my job I was like there's no such thing as failing in this decision because in the trying I'm becoming so first of all I could just go back to the bank in a year or whatever exactly but, you can, yeah. but in that trying I'm becoming yes. somebody else that first of all that that the type of person that takes risks that that fights for what that what I love that mm-hmm. that goes all in in my in my endeavors in my passions and then i become the type of person that luck follows me as opposed yeah. to just like having hail marys all the time yeah. like, oh exactly. if i catch this this touchdown i'm gonna be happy but it doesn't work that way exactly and it's like you said it's, it's a it's a drug it's like yeah if you don't if you're not happy with who you are then when you get stuff it's just a little it's like again it's like a drug it makes you high at that moment but you're gonna come down and then yeah. you come down and then you're gonna be mad and then you need more of the drug i mean that's what drugs is it's just full, filling a void so if you're not happy it's the same thing of like with what you're doing in your life it doesn't matter what you get you know, because then you're always gonna find and then when you don't get stuff then it makes you even sadder even sadder yeah. it's like then it's like 
exactly. and that's, you cannot have so it's like it and i think that's the best way and even to get stuff especially in this industry it is having that thing when you don't really care when you go to an audition and you don't and when i say care you don't care about the result you do care about your performance and you do want to be the you prepare you do the best but you don't care if you get it or not you don't care if they like you or not and that's when you get stuff that's really that's uh, that's, uh, that's when you really but it has to be genuine it has to be 100 percent genuine because it has happened to me too when i mean like nah okay i got it whenever i want something so much i don't get it and that's because you know i wanted too much i'm putting too much expectation on on a fantasy world you know and these people and where i'm like yeah where it's like it has where most of the times it's like no it has nothing to do with you you just need somebody taller or or older <laughs> or younger you know but you take it personally you know it's like nah man it's like so it's very yeah. hard but that to me that's the key to also be the way like, i see it is like i i'm committed to like to greatness but i'm not attached to the result you know what i mean i'm not right. and like my more importantly like my self-worth is not attached to being on netflix or comedy exactly. Sense or blah, blah 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 or just for love because like i'm happy if that comes that's Great. fine yeah but if it doesn't that's fine too and ironically by by investing in yourself and being happy with who you are and pursuing things that you're that you're passionate about as a result you're going to be better and you're going to invest more time and those things will come mm-hmm. as a, I, as opposed to pursuing them because oh i'm going to be happier or better and then like the world has a way of 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 sneaking out the people who are just like in it for for the rush exactly. you know what i mean yeah yeah or for the fame or for, or the, for the fame the, the yeah. clout and all that stuff it's like yeah it is like that. We all we all connected, so we know it. We know it. we know. And like people, I'm like, where you just when I'm like, oh, this person is, you know, they just they just care about fame so much. It's like it's like no, you're not doing it for what it is. So yeah, so that's all completely true. Yeah, dude, we went we went overboard here. We we passed the time, but I'm so happy, man. This was so great. Thank you so much for your time. I really admire you. Keep doing what you're doing. When Thanks, I go man. to to LA, I, I'll I'll text you and. And hopefully we'll be able to get you to Toronto soon so that everybody can see the yeah, incredible things you're doing uh, on stage. Thank, man. You. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. And then definitely, definitely looking forward to working together. Stefan Dyer and Francisco Ramos on the Stefan Dyer podcast. Ciao, ciao. Gracias por escuchar el Stefan Dyer podcast. Arrivederci, my people.